This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. What's up, people? It's me, Ramon. Welcome to the podcast that will entertain, educate, and inform you. Grab a ball and get ready for this serving of cornbread and caviar. What's up, people? It's me, Ramon. I'm your host, and I want to welcome you back to another episode of Cornbread and Caviar, the podcast that will entertain, educate, and inform you. Thank you for joining us today for what promises to be an, I don't know, religious experience. (laughs) Follow us on Instagram at eatcornbreadandcaviar, and feel free to hit us up at eatcornbreadandcaviar at gmail.com. Today, I'm joined by the hardest working producer and co-host, the beautiful, voluptuous, resident voice of hospitality and custodian of truth, my sister, none other than... Miss Maria Renee. Hello, hello. Did you miss me? Yes, you did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're back. We are back. And we don't want to forget our phenomenal, never-to-be-underestimated pretty boy himself, James Brandon, who could not be with us today because he decided that he, he wanted to be in Toronto. Okay, he was going to be lit this summer. Lit. He wanted to take breaks and, and trips. And trips. And who does that while we're here working hard? Right, working. And if he so could at least bold. taken us, Corbett and Caviar could have went to Toronto and just like tore it up. Made it wonderful. It's okay. It's all right. I need a break too. Don't we need a break? Ugh. Oh, God, we need a break. Mm. So, well, not from y'all. We love y'all, but just regular life. This is fun life for I want to take a trip too. We could. I want Cornbread and Caviar to take a straight up trip. Yeah, not to the Dominican Republic, but no, we're not going there. They killing folks. They killing folks. When I went there, they were not killing folks. I enjoyed myself. You know, Dre and and Alonzo is over there right now. No, oh, why would they go over there? I know. I've been so praying. They're gonna be all right because one of my employees, she just came back from there. She came back unscathed. Okay, so she's still alive. Right. So, so they, I guess it's just like certain parts, right? Yeah, they might. You know, like things happen. When you, but you know how things are. Something happens. Like somebody gets shot in Detroit one day, and all of a sudden the whole city's jacked up. But it could have just been that one murder. Although we know that's not true in Detroit, but whatever. <laughs> There's a lot of murders going on in Detroit. <laughs> um, yes, it, hold on. Because no, really, every day is something. Yeah, the two young men that were shot on what was it, the Lodge Freeway. Um, yes. And I know people who actually knew those young men. That was sad. Then there was a, uh, another one of my friends, uh, Diano, he was killed. Right. Um, and then there's the, the mom with the, with the four kids. Yeah. It's a lot going on. But we don't want you to think that if there's anything wrong with Detroit. Because it's like every major city, that it has its issues. But it's a beautiful so city. And um, it really does have a lot to offer. The um, downtown part, do yes. No, no, that's not true. Okay. Um, we are joined <laughs> today by my best friend, uh, one of my best friends. You all have already met Perry. He's been on the show with us several times. Hey, Winky. Hi, Winky. Um, you're still a bitch. Um, <laughs> but my other best friend, I, I call him Jay Flo. He hates it, but we have Jason Flowers on with us today. Oh my people. god! Yay. Hello, world. Hi. <laughs> this is actually a re-record because last time Jason was on, was it last weekend or the week before? Yes. His whole audio didn't get recorded. Probably my fault. I'm still learning how to work the audio soundboard, but he's back with us today. Thank and he goodness. had the jet set out of here anyway. Yeah, okay. I did. Right. Okay. Because <laughs> he's important. A private plane and everything yes. that I've never been on. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Lies. Fallacies. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, yeah, so we're glad to have Jason with us. Thanks for coming back for the re-record. Glad to be here. Let us do our shout-outs real quick. Um, I'm going to actually start today. I'm going to start and say uh, shout-out to Robert, who's in the studio with us. Uh, because Robert's amazing. He's come in, and he agreed to help me with something that I need to help with. <laughs> Thank you, Robert. I appreciate you. So shout-out to you from Cornbread and Caviar to you. <laughs> Maria or Jason? Well, my shout-out is to you, Ramon. <laughs> uh, I'm just so proud of you, of Cornbread and Caviar. You know, just seeing you have a vision and birth that vision and bring it to life and bring it to fruition. And with the success that you're having now, you know, I knew you were capable. It's just oh, seeing you. it. It's just, I'm just proud of you. I you're my you shout-out. 
Thank you. That was beautiful. I, I really do appreciate that a lot. That means a lot because it's been tough. And, you know, you know, I've been through a lot. You know where this podcast came from uh, for me. So, yes, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Love you. I love you more. Love you more. My best. I love you more. Mm. Not I, me. I love you like Jesus loved the church. Okay, you got me. Can't top that. <laughs> <laughs> I can top anything. Okay. All righty then. <laughs> Maria. <laughs> um, shout outs, right? So uh, it has been a very strenuous two weeks. Um, hospital visits and doctor's appointments with Poobut. And um, finally, we're getting somewhere, so that's good. Please keep him lifted in prayer. And then guess what, y'all? Kamari pee peed in the pot pot pee pee on the pot tea. Pee pee on the pot tea. Pee pee on the pot tea. Kamari went on the pot pot and let her rip. <laughs> let her rip. <laughs> With well, Perkins. So, yeah, I'm going to go and get her a bathing suit today because I'm so proud of her. So, that's her reward? Yes. The bathing suit so she can go bathing. pee in the pool? Yep. And then uh, Tuki is living his best life in Canada. Tuki's in Canada? Yes, he's in Canada. Doing what? Like the upper, upper part of Canada. Oh, he, he, had, to get, he had to get on a flight to go up, up in Who Canada. was he up there with? He's with his dad's sister, so his auntie. Okay. And he with his, with his cousin, Tiwa. Tiwa. Yes. Okay. Because, you know, they're not, all of them are Nigerian, full-blooded, so. Okay. Um, And his granny is here from Africa, from oh, Nigeria. African She's granny. Here. So he's getting fat, and <laughs> he can't wait to come home and see us, and yeah, mm. that's pretty much it. Oh, I'm back to reading out loud, so I went to the library, and I got a bunch of books. Tell me about this reading out. So wait, you're saying, is this... Wait, you okay, literally... so this is the thing, right? Um, everybody knows that, you know, when I was little and growing up, I used to do speech competitions, and the first thing that we had to do in order to learn... Our, um, sometimes I had scripts and sometimes everything was just off the dome. I would have to read out loud to memorize. So that's my favorite way of reading. I don't like reading wow. to myself. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoy reading everything out loud. So I finally went to the library and I got a bunch of books because I, I have to get back reading. Yeah. I have to. Yeah. It's really I have helpful. to feed my brain. Absolutely. On top of nursing school and reading at work and all of that stuff, but just leisure reading. Yeah. I decided to pick up a book. Um, shout out to Lola Brand. Lola Brand. Who um, is this? She's a graphic designer. Let me make sure I'm saying it right. Lola, Lola the Brand, I believe. Okay. Um, she's a well-known graphic designer in Detroit. Lola B Studios. Yeah. So she put up um, on Instagram a bunch of books that she feel like us as women should be reading some devotional, some with some that's about confidence and some, you know, black girl magic. And I copied a lot of the books that that she got. And I'm on um, a book called You're a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life. Yeah. uh, By Jen Cicero. And it's totally dope. Okay. So loving it. So, yeah, I would advise everybody to just read out loud. Don't read to yourself. Maybe I'll try it. Yeah. I do both. I do both. I read out loud and sometimes read to myself. Okay. Yeah, I read out loud for like more comprehension sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I read to myself, it's like usually when I'm editing something, I'll read to myself. But if I yeah, want to comprehend a thing, I read out loud. My nephew is just like, every time he read, he want to read out loud. He got that from me. Because you add different voices and characters right. to the book. So, yeah. Hmm. Maybe I'll try to read out loud this afternoon. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. That sounds like an event, though. Read out loud. It does. Sounds like a, an amazing <laughs> event. For you want to read out loud? Like, oh, it sounds like an event. Oh, okay. though. Everybody, everybody gets together and then they all read out loud. Then we can record the audio from that and put it on because corporate Because you'd be surprised how many people cannot read. I wouldn't. And be surprised. we're not just saying out loud. Just right. in general, cannot. Or it could be like a good read session where I'm reading you for filth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, ask your, your significant other to read out loud. You're going to be upset. 
or 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 dudes ask your ladies to read out loud yeah. you're gonna be upset you nah. might be like nah see don't be acting like men just only ones that can't read <laughs> women can't read sometimes too I bet she you I can find somebody two words. three blocks away that can't read I can name a name right now but I'm not huh? how's she gonna be cause I love her a, a, a high girl this summer and she can't read lord she can read them Benjamins okay if she can find them I guess <laughs> okay so um the random question of the day. So, if you were at home on a on a rainy Sunday afternoon, what movie would you most want to see on television? Like, what's your movie of choice? If you're at home, you stuck in because of the rain. You're just like, you know what? Let me just watch TV. What's that movie for you, Robert? Tell us what your movie is. We know we're not mic'd up, but tell us what your movie is. I'll communicate to the people for you. He says, set it off. Set it off. That wow. is a good movie. I don't know why, that, but that part where, it, it, it's, it's kind of the, the part where the cop shot her brother. He's pulling out the champagne bottle from his neck, but they thought he had a gun and killed him. And then at the end, when they were looking for them, he, she was on the train and he saw her on that train, but she sat back quick and he just kind of overlooked it because he knew he was fucked yeah, up for shooting her brother. Yeah, he had already messed up. So All he's like, this no, I'm going to let her get away. what he did. But I'm yeah. not sure if I want to watch that movie on a rainy Sunday. You said Sunday afternoon. It's, it's Sunday. Too, it could be any. It's rainy sad. It's a rainy day. You don't want to watch a sad movie like that on a rainy day. You want something that's going to uplift you like a load on Dirty Shame. Oh. Which my movie. oh my Another God. Jada Pinkett yes. movie. Yes. Yes. That's the movie. I told you I'd drop you like the I dog you was. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> shame. Or Sally Richardson and her famous line. Stupid motherfucker, you could have had you some pussy. <laughs> I do love that movie. Uh, Peaches, you better come get this rock wilder. <laughs> oh, that is my movie. Now, that's a good movie. It's a classic. It is a classic. It would uplift your spirit and, and soul. Space and opportunity. That's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what about you, Maria? Oh, The Notebook. Every day, all day. We got all this wonderful black cinema. You come out with it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. What? Fine. The you notebook. Don't like the Why notebook? do you like the notebook? Why? Who doesn't like the It it's is a the perfect love story. Is that the. Now, now, I do remember seeing it a long time ago, but do you really cry about that movie? Yes. Do you know that Noah and Wiley died? I mean, Noah and Allie died together? That was sweet. They was in the bed they together. They was in the bed. They literally took their last breath together. They was like, come on, baby, ready? One, two, three. <gasps> Dead. But I literally saw that movie for the first time like a couple years ago. Mine was like more than, what was it, 10 mm-hmm. years ago? And, and my um, Caucasian friend okay. suggested that I should watch and it. what did you think? <laughs> it's a crier. That's all. Yeah. Did I cry? I may have shared a few tears, but I didn't cry like that. You know, like a weep, weep and cry. It's but it's, it's a rainy day. Why you watch a sad movie? But you know what? Because sometimes, you know, it's it is. Well, people no, die. But it's still, a, yeah. it's a, it's a it's a weeping movie. When somebody dies, it's sad. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but you know end. what? Honestly, you need that release. Sometimes you need the cry because you need that release. Sometimes you True. get and it out. if you're with your mate, and okay. after it goes off, boom. Sex? You're not going to be sad no more. Uh-oh. So you have sex after you cry. Okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, yeah. shit. I, it's hey. going to intense the mood. Like, okay. let's be Noah and Allie. <laughs> Fine. We could be Noah and Allie. You and Pooh Butt. Um, I'm gonna say for myself. Well, I'm gonna go with two because one movie made me makes me cry almost every time I watch it, but not all the time. But like the color purple was one of my favorites, and then I always cry at the end where they, she's reunited with Celie. That part really moves me. I don't know why it just moves me, and I really love the part where she's liberated from, you know, when she gets up from the table and says. Uh, do right ain't nothing what she say nothing you gonna touch what how was the what did she say when she put the two fingers up she curses him I forgot what she say anyway what you've done to me you already done to yourself right and yeah. something like that I we it's a very Tyler Perry that's says it all the time that's not one of the movies that I've seen a bunch of times I heard. love the color purple color, yeah I've seen I love color purple times. and then my other movie cause I'm doing two cause I'm gonna be wayward today um I would every day, every day. Wayward, every day. What was what did you I say? Wayward, refractory, and what else? <laughs> Defiant, refractory, and rebellious. There it is. Defiant, refractory, and rebellious. That is me. That's how I shall describe myself going forward. Uh, <laughs> the other movie is Harlem Nights. That's my yes. shit. That is my oh shit. Oh my god! You got Red Fox if there. Della Reeves. If you're African American, if you've never seen Harlem Nights, I don't know who you are. James Brandon has never seen Harlem Nights. Well, you know, I had him watch. 
the the color purple. So, you know, had him watch that. He enjoyed it. And so we got to get him up on Harlem Nights. The best part of Harlem Nights is when um, Eddie Murphy and Della Reese made up and she went there and made him the tune. And then she started crying when he walked out. (laughs) Yo, sweet little ass boy. Can't stand his ass. I love that boy. I really do love that She said, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) But she was really tough. But she had to keep that hard exterior. But he did shoot her pinky toe because she was beating his ass. She was beating the fuck out of him. She was. But he was right. Bitch, how we got all this pussy flying around here all night and you only made $200, whatever she said. You but you don't doubt her money, though. You, you don't skim some you know, money what, Are you trying to say that she took your money, though? That's what you're trying to say. She so she got no to beat your ass. Take your that's, money. that's why she beat your that's ass. That's why she beat your ass. Yes. Now, I do believe she skims them off the top because she was that kind of I chick. don't know if she did or she didn't. I can either confirm nor deny, but what I do know <laughs> is he only shot her pinky toe off because he was losing with his punk ass. And she was right. He's a punk. <laughs> punk sum him up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we got to move on to our brown brilliance. So this individual, he was born September 21st, 1969. He's an American Broadway theater performer, pop singer, and actor. He attended the musical theater program at Pittsburgh Creative and Performing Arts School. Uh, he graduated from Carnegie Mellon, Mellon, Carnegie Mellon University School of Drama and achieved fame performing on Broadway before uh, starting a solo career as a singer. He won a 2013 Tony Award for Best Actor in a Musical for his role as Lola in Kinky Boots at the 67th Tony Awards. For the role, poor, for the role um, he also won um, Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Actor in a Musical and Outer Critics Circle Award for Outstanding Actor in a Musical as well. He also won in 2014, he won a Grammy Award for Best Musical Theater Album for Kinky Boots, and he currently stars in one of my most favorite television shows that depicts the LGBT community in the ballroom scene, none other than Pose, yeah. uh, which he received a Golden Globe Award nomination. So we are talking about none other than Auntie Billy Porter. So shout <laughs> out to Billy Porter. Auntie. <laughs> because I just got into that show, I absolutely what do you think about it? and love him. Um, I did not know that all of that was even a thing. <sighs> that's the so heavy the so heavy it is so heavy mm-hmm. a lot and it's almost like an underground society because people have especially the, the depiction I think was that the 90s they're in the so 80s. that's real that's the the really yeah. happened. oh yeah that's the 80s you're right because that's when the HIV epidemic came out and they were still doing AZT so yeah about the 80s that was deep because they had to it be really underground happened. yes absolutely all that stuff like really yeah. happened yeah oh absolutely I just can't they had to live an underground life because society didn't accept them. As society, right. a lot of society doesn't accept LGBT folks today. But that was really deep. And every episode I watch—not every episode, but a lot of them—something moves me, and I might cry a little bit. I'm, you know, I'm one of those men. I don't mind crying. I don't cry about everything. And I'm typically like hardcore. But if something moves me, I'm gonna let it move me. I'm gonna experience my emotions fully. And like the last he episode, he like the mama, the daddy, the he, sister, the brother, the right. friend. Like he's just an all right. around. And then, like, the characters, where they build them, like, you know, Electra, for example. She's a stone-cold bitch. But, yeah, I don't like her. But she's also like caring character. and loving. Like, yeah. you, there are times when she's, like, the most nurturing it mother is. figure yeah. you can find. But when she, when, she don't need, when she doesn't need to be, complete bitch. But other than that, she will, if she's not being a bitch, she will definitely be that loving, nurturing person. I want to go to one of them performances. A ball? You want to go to a ball? Yes. Maybe. A- I've only been to two Bars in my life. Really? One local, one local. Well, both of them was local here. Yeah. Oh, they have them here? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like mm-hmm. for real here? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, I want to go. <laughs> you know what? I've not. They don't really to start till like four o'clock in the morning. Right. Why be so? Hold on. Why I don't know why. It's supposed, to, just, it's supposed to start way earlier, but they just be no, on some straight up CP time. They start like four o'clock in the morning, don't end like six in the morning. Yeah. Why is it so? Nah, that's just nah. how. That's just how it is. The balls I went to, the one they they were supposed to start like seven in the previous night. What, they might start at twelve, and but they until six that's, in the morning. But that's when they do. They give out awards. You know, usually they give out like awards or something like that. But the actual ball when they're doing calling categories don't right. never start until like. Four, so four or five o'clock. So ain't nobody got no jobs, or they do have. That's jobs. what I said. But they probably have it on a Saturday, going into a Sunday, Friday, going into a Saturday. Work. The right. demographic of those individuals may or may not have. They may have a job, but they don't have the traditional oh, nine to five off. job. Probably oh. right. That's not a traditional nine to five, but they work. They work. They work. <laughs> we are we are being stereotypical, Ooh, so but I, we're joking. Could I ever judge? Well, if you got into, if you knew, like, I mean, if. 
Well, I don't know nobody. Even I think in they that should have somebody that don't know about it. So well, they see, can that, be really authentic. Yeah, about. but see, I would, I would definitely want you to be careful because they fight at the ball. They fight. Well, no, but well, it's it's political. Just like any any institution, like any institution is political. Yeah. It's just political like that. So you but have that, to know somebody. You want somebody that ain't a part. Yeah, to because be like, but then they don't. But then they don't at the same time because it's like, who are you to? You don't know what we do. You don't know the oh, art form. You can't okay. judge an art form that you don't know anything about. But I study pose, so boom. <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna tell me? I watched the episode. Hello, like okay. <laughs> we gonna get All you right. to a ball now like yes. I said I would prefer to go to one of the larger balls like in New York or something like that but you know we can start around. I've been wanting to go to one for a while myself I haven't been to one in years I'm gonna I'm get the next one and let, let y'all know please sure. we can go Corbett have y'all participated no I've never I've walked, never no, participated I've never, never walked in a ball oh y'all bougie I, listen listen mm. I was I was a preacher's grandkid I, 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 was, I didn't even feel like I was supposed to be there I'm like oh my oh, god y'all, oh y'all <laughs> old oh. <laughs> wow yes y'all are no, I, just, I am in my mid 20s I just haven't had a category that fits me you know that's all oh. you can walk face you can walk face <laughs> alright um, you can walk face I could but yes Freckles are in. You've got them. Freckle face realness. There you yep. go. Boom. That's your category. That's Freckle a walk. face realness. Slay. <laughs> I love it. Because freckles are cute. Um, so, yeah. So, Billy Porter. That's our brown brains for the day. We love him. He's we actually been you, doing Billy. a lot of what's the red, red carpet. His, his been, outfits. He's been killing it. Like, he just been... He out been. here with with capes and wings and the you and, know and the trains dresses and trains like yeah. like wow the top looks like a tux but then you get to the bottom it's like Vera Wayne wedding dress at oh, the okay yeah I'm just glad he has like a bigger platform to you know talk about yeah. the stories and issues and I think he's gonna do a lot with this platform that he has I think so too yeah it's good it's good for us in the and community the, the funny thing is I became acquainted with Billy Porter because I love musicals so I know all about his situation with kinky boots and such so. I really enjoy... What's his situation? Not his situation, but his his career. Him oh, okay. as an artist, as a, a performer, when he got into... When he was in Kinky Boots. Because he has a great singing voice. And I downloaded some of the tracks from Kinky Boots and absolutely adored it. So, that was dope. Yay. Um, so, now we're going to get right into the meat of the conversation today. So, um, so like, on... On this episode, on the episode entitled Ephesians six and five, um, I had my sister Toya on. She was in the studio. We talked about religion, and we got her amazing perspective. We talked about how most of you know brown folks learned and were converted to Christianity as we were coerced, and we were coerced into Christianity and brought here as slaves. You know, when we were brought here as slaves, and we talked about how Christianity was misused to guilt us or to justify slavery, particularly Ephesians six and five, where it says. Uh, you know, uh, slaves honor your masters. And we talked about how the whole scripture was not utilized because right after it says slaves honor your masters, it also says masters also do the same to your slaves. So, um, you know, a lot of religion has been used, you know, to impose moral code, justify bullshit in a lot of cases just my just my take on it not saying it's good or bad because religion has helped a lot of people it really did serve as a way to give us hope because here this existence for us especially in slavery times it sucked but we were able to live in a state of suspension if you will we were suspended we had suspended happiness we knew that once we died whether we were killed by a ravenous dog of the slave owner or killed by the slave owner or whatever the case is we were going to go to heaven and that was our hope so it did help yeah yeah, it did help to serve our psychological challenges from being in slavery but um you know the the conversation we had this serves as kind of a part two it took a turn it was a good turn but it was more when we had toyo and it did talk more about faith talk kind of rooted in what we've been taught throughout the generations Instead of the absolute question that I really want to get into today, which is, does the black church actually help us in society and, in, in you know, and economically, uh, you know, does it really help us or is it just kind of sucking from us as a succubus? Now, this is not to offend anybody, but this is my perspective. I do like the church. I grew up in the church. I do participate in church from time to time, but I've always been an avid believer in God. I pray and meditate daily and talk to my father, but the religion, which is man-made, um, not sure about that because I've been seeing a lot of stuff over the several years I've been involved in it. So does does the black church actually help? 
I think it does. I think the black church has been um, an institution, well, one of our oldest institutions in the black community, that's kind of helped us grow from being poor individuals. And, you know, I think the church, the church's purpose is to enhance our lives. And I think it's done that. But I also do think the church has transformed over the years. Um, some, some for the better and some not for the better. So, yeah, yeah. but overall, I do believe the church helps us. Okay. Um, I'm going to go through these statistics that Maria Renee was supposed to go through, but she's texting and not paying attention. Um. So I guess I'll just go through these statistics myself. Or are you ready? Okay. Okay. You ready? Go ahead. Go ahead. So, yeah. So here's the thing, right? Before I even read these, I think that this is always like a uh, touchy subject. I agree. In this point of the game, we all need some type of building, some type of gathering. It's so much going on. Um, I think everybody's faith is being tested or broken or we're trying to figure it out. So, is it a business? Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. I wholeheartedly believe that. But what isn't? Right. Hell, marriage is a business now. Right. So, um, <laughs> is it helping our people? I think it's whatever you put into it, you mm-hmm. get out. Right. I wholeheartedly believe that. I agree. You, whatever you, the seed that you plant, you got to watch it grow. And that's mm-hmm. what anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So today, see, we're having a part two to the episode, and we're being joined by Ramon's Bessie Jason, who is very well-churched. And we want to understand if the black church is actually helping the black folks. So the black community is, as a whole, is broken, tattered, torn, and uh, in so many ways, yet you can look on every street corner and find a church. Isn't the church the spiritual hospital, the moral compass in the community? Where's the healing? Where's the economic empowerment? (laughs) Where's the Beyonce upgrade, the come up? (laughs) Where is the community development? No, this does not speak to all churches because there are several that do a lot in African American community, which like Triumph and um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Greater Emmanuel and okay, I'm Second Ebenezer, yeah, Fountain of Truth. I love Fountain of Truth. Them, I love Fountain yeah. Truth. I've been there several times. Yeah, there's there's some once. of them that really get down. Okay, who's the pastor? But there? for those that don't, shame on you. I don't remember. Damn it! Now listen, <laughs> I got some numbers for y'all, and these are staggering. And it may hurt some feelings, but it is what it is. So roughly 8 in 10, which is 79% African-Americans, self-identify as Christian. Okay? The first predominantly black denomination in the U.S. were founded in the late 18th century. Some by free black people. Today, the largest historically black church in the U.S. is the National Baptist Convention USA Incorporated. Mm -hmm. African-Americans are more religious than whites and Latinos. And I'm still having... Yep. I st- is you sure? Because them Latinos yes. gonna be playing about them Hail Marys and them candles and them. <laughs> they, they they don't play about Spiritu that. Santo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they be serious about their Lord. Okay. Jesus urged Christ. <laughs> um, they the share of African Americans who identify as religiously in, um, unaffiliated has increased in recent years. Memoring national trends. Older African Americans are more likely than younger black adults to be associated with historically black, black Protestant churches. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. See, and let, and let me, I'm going to tap into that. Of course, older people are. Because yeah. that's what they were born and raised on. They're closer right. to slavery My than we are. My granny did not play that. She's 94. Right. Church was... Every Monday, day. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday. Right. And if you miss one day, I mean, it was their their days on your porch. Yes, knocking after it was it was their life. It really was their life. The pastor came over to the house. He had dinner after church. You know, what I'm saying he, we cleaned this house. You know, it was he was a pillar. He was took well taken care of. Absolutely. Yeah. So, <clears throat> mm. okay. um, so I did some reading and in preparation for this episode and. Um, I went to the site called Urban Faith, 
um, and it kind of put into words many of the sentiments of the black church. Some of them I share too. So here's one of them. So you will find you will, you will find in a lot of instances the church doesn't actually take biblical lessons and make real life connections for people. So kind of like how do I take faith? How do I take this faith and and this faith lesson and turn it into a reality lesson? How can I turn my water into wine? Um, you know, because it's a lot of biblical teaching. It's a lot of, you know, some of it's Jesus on the main line. Some of it's newer, more up progressive. But then how do I take that and really make a real life application? And then how the church, like, how can a church really influence um, many of the issues we face when they are rooted in old systematic racism. Right. Some of the things simply can't be changed on a community level. We have to literally like take it up to the presidential office in the White House and make some very drastic changes across the United States, even at the state level with the governor. So that's another thing. If you are in the community, you are, you know, you can make changes in your community, but it's still a systemic issue and systemic systems need to be changed in politics. Um, and then we got people in the church that don't necessarily believe what they claim to believe. This is evident because they have this really holy walk on Sunday for a couple of hours. But then as soon as you, matter of fact, now the church always talked about, you shouldn't be drinking, you shouldn't be smoking, blah, blah, blah. I went to a church in Ypsilanti. It was a Baptist church. Um, and there is a stereotype about Baptist churches that says sure that, yeah, that they, they definitely don't practice what they preach. That's, but that's a stereotype. <laughs> not, not that we here at Cornbread and Caviar believe that, but that is a stereotype that's out there. But literally, as soon as we got out to the freaking parking lot, I saw a flask come out. Somebody took a swig of a little whatever was in there. I saw somebody light up a cigarette. That, you know, and that, but that's not, that's not the fault of the church. I'm just, you know, I'm just, you know, making it, talking about what I saw, but that's not, that's not the fault of the church. But, people don't necessarily believe what they're claiming to believe because they behave differently than what they say. Actions do speak louder than words. Um, and then a lot of times, like the older folks in the church, the traditions, they don't want to tamper with the traditions. And, and that's a big thing because things do change. It does. Right? Uh, Women don't always wear slips anymore or girdles. Okay. <laughs> or hosiery. Or okay. hosiery. It's like it's non-existent. Yeah. I mean, I have mine, but <laughs> you helpers need to get it together. Maria Renee will wear a slip. <laughs> and a girdle so quick. <laughs> don't play with it. Gird your loins. Gird your loins. Hey, grandmother. Okay. A I don't have a G-ma. She had a grandmother. I have a grandmother. You better wear a slip to church. Okay, a noun. A nice silk one. Yes. A really nice silk one. And it shouldn't. Ooh. It shouldn't outline nothing. Mm. Loose mm. and big. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But you know, with, with young people, with each generation, things are more diluted. So what my grandparents believed, or my mom believed, it may be different for me. So sometimes we have to tamper with tradition so that it fits the new way life is. Life Remember is not you, what it used we were, to be. When we were growing up, you were scared of two things: your parents and the Lord. Yeah, that fear was put in you early. Well, you don't yeah. do right, the Lord gonna spank your butt. Well, I think the difference between like you know our our predecessors and you know those who come before us and that generation of individuals, they weren't weren't not as enlightened or educated. Well, some of them were, not everyone, but a lot of majority of them wasn't as educated as we are today. Correct. So, and I think that plays a big part into what we believe and how we believe it. A lot of it, they believe that because that's just how they were taught and they just didn't know some other things or different perspectives. So they believed it and believed it wholeheartedly because that was the hope that they believed. Um, but today you can't, you can't just manipulate me or feed me something that, and I can't, don't have an understanding of right, it. Like, it, if it doesn't make internet. sense to me, I'm going to like, okay, what? Okay, that doesn't make sense. Don't question it. I'm going to question it. But you're talking not to question God or even religion. That translates. You're not supposed to question the pastor. If he says that's that. That's manipulative to me. Extremely Mm -hmm. manipulative. Mm -hmm. Extremely manipulative. And you're right about that. And because people get so heavenly minded, they are no earthly good. Absolutely. I'm not going to take any pills for my cancer. I'm not going to get treatment because God's going to heal me. Well, sweetie. God put this medicine here for you to take, right? He he he's done everything. He's written every single thing that's happened already, so he knows what's going to happen. So if that's your belief biblically, then why would you not take the medicine that he put here for you to take for your diabetes or your blood pressure, whatever the case might be? That 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 just doesn't make sense. Being so heavenly minded that you just don't really you, you you're not in touch with reality here. 
You know, you, you decide, oh, my son's gay, so I'm going to put him out because that's sin. But you so heavily minded in that situation, your son gets put out, he gets put in a situation where he's not able to thrive. Mm-hmm. He gets killed, he contracts disease, whatever the case could happen. You know, that's stupid. I'm sorry, that's just stupid. You got to be a little bit more cognizant of what you're doing every day. Well, I think it's about, it's, it's all deals with focus and where Christians and people in the church, where your focus is. And I think a lot of it, the church's focus is on sin. And it, in my personal opinion, it should not be um, because God knew our nature before he even created us. He did. And that's just what I believe. Um, everyone don't believe that, you know, <laughs> but if God is all powerful, all knowing and all loving and all these things we say he is, there's no way in the world he could have created a world that that's flawed. Mm. Right. It, we, it, he wouldn't have created a flawed world. He created a world in the way that he wanted it to be created. So everything that's happening, everything that happens is what he designed and is a part of his plan. Now, it's hard for us to like view that and think of it like, OK, well, if, you know, why would God allow, you know, bad things to happen to a baby? Baby, it was born with cancer. Why would God do that? Um, you know, it, there's a plan. And I think God is so such a big God that he uses the micro things to shape all of our lives like Absolutely. what you may what you may think is just so remedial or just has no, of no importance has an importance to someone else mm. so everything plays out like that like yeah. even just look at our bodies how complex our bodies are made you know yeah. the many nerves we have the many cells we have the many organs we have not you know not outside the big organs there's small smaller organs in our body that plays yeah. a part like even your pinky toe it's it's important for a balance. Yes. So, yeah. you know, everything plays a part. And I think that's just how God created the world. And we just don't understand that. And a lot of people don't understand that about God. So God is all knowing and all powerful. If there's something that exists as like evil or darkness, which are two different things, evil and darkness are two different things that is here for a reason is here for a purpose. And he created it. So he, there's a purpose that he has in it. Mm. Every orca- every instrument in the orchestra has a purpose. So the darkness, the evil, or whatever, all that has, uh, I do believe that all has a uh, purpose in a grand scheme. He's a maestro, and that all has a purpose. Um, and then what about, here, now here's a big thing for me. Now this is, when the black church is like, there's no, a lot of times, not all, because we just mentioned a couple churches that's out there killing it. Um, what about the churches that don't really affect the community? They're not really, they have no vision beyond Sunday morning. And so they're not really affecting the community in a positive way. And now, here's where I take issue with the church. Um, I think that we should all be on a come up together. I agree. I think that we should all equalize. Now, there are times when there are some people who just don't get just don't get it. They don't want any more than they have. They don't know how to have more than they have. They just don't get it. But as a church, I'm not hating on a pastor if he's got multiple strings of income because he's out here preaching. He's out here doing this. But you know, they always talk about and preach about the lowly Jesus. A lot of them, but a lot of them don't want to talk about lowly Jesus because they're not going to live their lives lowly. But you got people in your church that are really suffering, and this is where. For me, the meat of this is, is that everybody, you know, we need to be building credit for everybody, getting everybody into ownership, from renting to owning, so they have a piece of their dream that they need. They need to own something, because it's stressful for people to rent, because you know that when you rent, every time the lease comes up, they're going to try to increase your payment. If you buy a house, that's the same payment you're going to have until that mortgage is completed, and having a good job, getting some kind of education, whether it's a trade, not necessarily a four-year degree, something where they can make some money. These are all things that the churches, and not all of them are not doing it, but there are a lot who don't do it. A lot of churches, literally I've seen where the pastor, his family, you know, and maybe a few people in the church that the, the pastor and his family are doing very well. You got the ones in the church who are doing well independently, but then you got a lot of people in the church who are just not succeeding. They're not, they're not doing well. And I think that's a big problem, especially the churches in the community sucking resources out of the community, but not giving resources back to the community. That for me is a problem, a huge problem. Um, what do you think about that? Like, am I off on that? Do y'all disagree? Well, no, and I, I totally agree with you on that. Um, I think, you know, 
the church is to be an epicenter for people with challenges and it's to help your whole life. Um, not just naturally, not just spiritually, but naturally as well. Sure. And I think, I think a lot of churches kind of miss that point when it comes to the natural part. Like even if, even if you look at Dr. Martin, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, his, his, his work has been about, you know, civil rights, not only just to be a, a preacher to the masses, but his work was civil rights as well. So, and that enhanced our lives just naturally, not just not only spiritually, but naturally as well. And I just think churches need to have that. Where are those leaders like, like him? Like, yeah. yeah. Where are those leaders today? Um, we have a few, but it ain't as many as we should have. Yeah. I think, especially we're looking at the news lately, I would say like for the past month, our people aren't interested in going to a building, a place of worship to, you are, you are your, what your situation is. And I think people mindset isn't on church anymore because of, of the environment that they're in. And then now so many people aren't into Christianity as much anymore because, I mean, the research is out there and it's just no such thing as a white Jesus. Right? <laughs> right. right. Yeah, so, you know, our, especially our youth. Our youth is like, what? I'm not about to be. No, it's not happening. Man, I don't think people want to come to church to be beat down. I think. Like I said, when Thank the church you. comes and talks about sin and all of that, it's that all you want to talk about sin, or do you have churches who say, "Oh, well, all they talk about is you know, all they talk about is like prosperity," or I say they never talk about you know sin and getting yourself together. Well, I think there has to be a healthy balance between prosperity talk and then what you know the issues of our lives and how we can be better individuals to each other on this earth. Um, but I just think it's just a balance that just. That needs to be the important part. Yeah. I had a conversation. So speaking about sin, for example, and I always relate this to, uh, again, going back to how, you know, it was considered to be sinful for you to disobey your master. And now it was sinful to be gay. And it was sinful at one point. I don't even think considered it sin, but for a woman to be unclean because she had a period. Some of the things in the Bible just don't make sense. I'm going to be completely honest. Well, those things, those things are just laws that were specific for a spe- specific people in a specific place in a, a specific, specific time. time. So those things, you know, a lot of those mosaic laws, and it's like 638 of them, I believe. Mm-hmm. It was for specific people in a specific place in a specific time. And Jesus even said in Scripture... I came to fulfill the law, not take away the law. So he's satisfying the requirement of that law so that we today, Gentiles or whoever else believe on him, don't have to fulfill the requirements of the law that they set in place at that particular time. You better know your word. Well, you know. (laughs) He knows the Bible. (laughs) But I still think, okay, I'm going to take you out of that. So here's where I'm going to take you out of it. This isn't, okay, the Bible's original text the language of the original text was what what was it was it no i forgot the original hebrew and greek hebrew and greek i think that's correct um with that being said with it being hebrew and greek um first of all things get lost in translation absolutely and i know you everybody always says the bible is the the authoritative god inspired written Mm -hmm. word of god right so but anything a man touches to me really, it's really, flawed. It's, it gets flawed. And what has happened here is the Bible, religion in general, which is the man-made piece that they're trying, that man has tried to create to understand God. What happens after we die? They try to they make all these rules because right. we as humans we can't abide without rules. We can't just be. We have to have rules. So they create the religion. Right. And the for me, the unfortunate thing is that it's been used in such bad ways. Religion, like I said, religion was used to justify slavery. And then it was our hope. Now we've taken religion and we've turned it and now we use it against ourselves. We use now, I don't understand that pregnant girl over there who's unmarried. So we're going to use religion to make her feel like shit. I don't understand right. that homosexual sitting over there. So I'm going to use it to make him feel like shit. We don't understand the fact that you have the disease of drunkenness. We're going to use religion to make you feel like shit. And then we also going to use a lot of pastors. I'm going to use this because I like to talk in front of people and I'm good at it. So I'm going to be a pastor now. I don't really have what it takes to be a pastor. I'm just going to be a pastor, mm. use it to build my personal wealth, mm-hmm. screw my flock. Mm-hmm. 
it, you know, people are tired of the tradition of church, that tradition I talked about earlier that doesn't, that people don't want to tamper with. I would prefer to go to a place where we are building economically. Yeah, the church has been, you know, um, <laughs> the church is, is helping me open a business so I can be fruitful and multiply. Then I can bring some of that money back to the church to support the organization. Right. I can then support my community. I can now feed my family. Now me being able to feed my family then reduces the rate of crime because I don't have to go out there and do some fuckboy shit in order to feed my family. Right? So, and at the same time, you bring money back into the church that yeah, helped you. That, exactly. Because... If you're biblical, which I know that you are, it does say bring ye tithe, bring ye all your tithes into the storehouse. Fine. But the point is, that's not what I see the church doing. They might have their little career fairs and stuff, but it's not at the level that it needs to be. It's sucking out of the community, right. not all, sucking out of the community, but not pouring back into Investing the it back into your parishioners. To your parishioners, yeah. particularly. If, it, if, for example, if I had a church and we all, you know, if it's five, six hundred of us, listen... You know, uh, 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 Brother Jason might not have a vehicle, but we know that between all of us, we can get him something. We can go right. find him a very nice used vehicle for $15,000 that's not going to be broke, broken piece of junk. Split that five fifteen thousand between 600 people. All of us come out for $25. We can't do that. Exactly. We can't all give $25 to raise money to go cash out a car for Brother Jason. Now Brother Jason has a mode of transportation that's reliable for him and his family. He can get back and forth to work. To create income. To create income. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can help him build a business if he's really good at something. And then he's going to be a good... Now he got a, we got a member for life. Now we got somebody who's going to want to pay that for because now he's going to mm-hmm. see what it did for him. Now let's do the same thing for so-and-so. Oh, exactly. Exactly. The roof is messed up on uh, Mother Johnson's house. You know, uh, Deacon Johnson died, so we need to go ahead and make sure we can help her out. We split that 20000 between all 600 of them people again. Boom. Now we've got, do you see what I'm saying? Here it's all about perspective, and, and that has to do with leadership and what the the leader kind of puts That's into place. That's my point. We got these huge yeah. churches. I'm not saying they're not doing But nobody's, that. nobody's, a cha- no one is challenging the leaders today. Who is really standing up to the leaders? Because we're all, we're just looking to. at them like, they're oh, afraid. he's a pastor. I give honor to my pastor. And no, and I think it's appropriate to give proper protocol. Absolutely. But at the same time, you cannot have a leader that's not challenged. He has to be challenged as well, just like all of us are challenged. Absolutely. As he challenges us, we need someone needs to challenge him as well. Yes. And I think it's, it's the body to challenge the leader. And it's all just, just smothered and covered in all this tradition, like the Church of God in Christ, the Baptist Church, the Pentecost, whatever, ap- 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 what is it? Ap- ap- apostolic. Apostolic. There we go. Thank you. I could not get it out of my mouth. Uh, <laughs> as church as I am, could not get it out of my mouth. But it's just, this, they're so steeped in this tradition and all this political behavior. Right. This is the prelate bishop of the 14th district or his, right. the bishop of the South. Okay, screw all that stuff. You do. It's a business, and, 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 and that's, I it, it's important all as well. Bishop, all the bishop is is a regional manager. But like, I think like I think bank. all of that yeah. is important. The institution of the church is important, but at the same time, it just cannot be. It can't. Why? It can't. It cannot just be the institution and not be an institution of helping individuals as well. But why is why I think the church is, is. It's important. Like protocol, just we need there's needs to be order for we everything. There need to be rules. Do. That's why there's, we... need, there's order for everything. Okay. There's order is needed. Okay. Um but at the same time, we the leaders today have to be challenged because they're not meeting the needs of the people. And that's what ministry is about. Meeting the needs of the people. Yes, yes. And if you're not doing that, you're just having church and not <laughs> I don't know well, what you're I doing. Think that's easier though. It's easier to just have church. That way I ain't got to deal with all that other extra stuff. As long as you bring your tithe yep. and your offering, because I sweated and, we clap for and I an preached and, and I made the, y'all, I shouted the church. But I, I, think the, I think the challenge now is though, because like even church membership, like you said in the statistic, is 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 now low. Is at an all-time low. Because people are sick of it. Um, People are sick of it. People are just tired. And then also at the same time, I think people want more. And when the church isn't giving more, People are not going to come. So that's why I think it, we need to challenge the leaders. Yeah, because our youth is like, um, my grandma been saying that Jesus has been coming back for us since I was little. And I'm about to be 25 <laughs> next month. And I still ain't met old boy. Jesus has been coming back since my grandparents were little. They were born in 1922. And, see, and they've long since gone on to glory. But, but, this, but this generation not having it. They like, nope. No. Good. Imagine, no. Um, imagine Amaya. Yes. She, she ain't. Amaya like, excuse me? Like what? No. Like, I, Sorry. 
Now, Maya is a good girl. She yes. lives her life, as far as I know, mm-hmm. as a well-to-do young lady. She's very yes. smart. She doesn't do anything crazy. She no. still leaves a good, what we would consider good moral life, mm-hmm. but she doesn't necessarily go to church. No, Maya does not go can to church. Can we not, can we, are we, are we, so is it to say that, to shift gears a little bit, can we not be good people and not go to church? It's all about, for me, like I, for me, it's all about balance and how you balance your lives. Because I think church is, church is necessary because it's one place of spiritual uh, enrichment. It should be natural enrichment as well as at the same time. And it should help your whole life. Um, but I, like I said, it goes back to me, to my thought in saying that the church needs to have balance as well. You can't just be so business-like that you leave the people out. Because like I said, churches today, the attendance is low, so they can barely afford to pay the mortgage, to pay the light bill. So churches themselves are struggling. If we ourselves, as you know, regular individuals mm-hmm. with jobs, we're mm-hmm. struggling, imagine that the church is struggling too and the, the load on the pastor to carry that type of ministry or church and pay those bills. So they're struggling. So at the same time, I get the business side of it too, but you can't be so business-minded where you're just worrying about the business and making sure that the church stays afloat, the lights are on, that you forget about your parishioners and what they need naturally and then spiritually. It's first natural, then spiritual. So So how is the Joel Osteens and the the Bishop TDs, how are they making it? Well, they're making it because, because, you know, I I believe what you give is what you get back. It's just a simple principle. And I think a lot of churches aren't investing in their own membership. And I think like the Joe Osteen's, they they invest into their people. They employ tons of people that are at their ministries. Mm. And because at the same time, they don't necessarily have, they don't beat down people all the time. They challenge people. But they don't say, oh, you, you're sinful, you're nasty, you're going to go to hell. And a lot of Christians think like that's what people need. Everybody don't need that because at the end of the day, I know my own sin. You ain't got to tell me what my sin is. I know what my sin is and I know what I need to do. So I don't need you to tell me that. Just help me, build me up so that I can address that situation in my life. Yeah, give me the confidence I need to be a strong person. Sometimes people need a little support and confidence. That's just what it is. Right. Sometimes people just literally need that support. And, And you said that, you know, it's a lot of, pressure on a leader to make sure that the church keeps going and can't afford their mortgage and stuff. Sometimes, now, I appreciate a particular thing that Pastor Winans did with his church. Somebody else started building that church. He took it over, and they've been building that church for several years, little by little. And it's right. been, I've seen it come a long way, but when they get finished, they will not have any debt. I appreciate right. the that's fact a, yeah. that's, that's a very good leadership decision. A lot of people criticize it. A lot of people talk um, about it. But, excuse me, no. Why not? I do not agree with that because, for one, when that church, when the foundation was first laid for that church, that man had just came out with a multi-platinum album. If he really wanted that church built, it could have been built. But that would have been him, his take, taken away from his personal his wealth. His own personal, his livelihood. Okay, you're going to get it back. What do you mean? Your, your listen, lines at your church for your offering is 100. You are absolutely right. But this is just a good testament to show that people don't necessarily believe what they're teaching. If I'm a pastor and I know that I'm going to give to the church and God's going to bless me back. He's going to bless you back for your gift to the church as a leader. Yeah, he should. Because, he should. But that just shows what I said earlier. Because they don't believe what they preach about. People don't believe what they preach about. he had about. that money already. Yeah, they don't. They don't. He might have oh, had the money, but okay. he may not. He, he may, may not. not. The, we don't the, know his the, situation. The record sales. We don't know those record sales. He may he, not made he that. May not have made gospel either. record sales oh. are not as good either. Because platinum for gospel might be different from platinum for R and B. Well, no, it's not. No. They okay. go by the I same standards. Okay. But he didn't. But he didn't been platinum two, through three times over with just not just his. And he's been around for a while. Too. I do believe that Marvin Winans is a millionaire, but I also believe that he wants to maintain his money for himself. But if he really believed what he preached, just like a lot of people in the body of Christ, in the church, whatever, then he probably would have done everything he could. But from a business perspective, because it's a business, we talked right. about that, it's a good decision to build little by little. As you raise the money, do this part. As you raise that money, do this part. Then when you're done, it's free and clear of debt. This is just a, a, a tax-free property because they don't have to pay taxes because it's a church. Right. A tax-free property. I mean... Church is a great business. You ain't got to pay taxes. Listen. You ain't got you know your leadership. All you got to do is put the pastor's name, uh, house in the name of the church. That's right. Name of the church. Mm-hmm. You good. You mm-hmm. good. You good, sis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can start a church with the folks in this building right now. Then boom, that's it. I can the church of 
whatever, and tax myself on my own salary for twenty five thousand dollars a year. My, okay. I know I know some pastors who are lying about their salaries it, that they have to report to the IRS because you have to report that again. Um, and pay, but some people are lying. Some pastors are lying. Like that's my thing. Don't try to beat your membership down about sin and you're sinning too. And exactly. I just, that's my thing. It's the nature. God knows our nature. He knew, he knew our natures before he even created us. And that goes back to my point earlier when I'm saying the church's focus is, all, is always about sin and your nature and trying to cover your nature. It's not our jobs to cover ourselves um, like Adam and Eve did in the garden when they covered themselves with fig leaves after God came out and said, why who told you, who were, told naked? you were naked? Who told you that? And I think that's what the church has been doing since the beginning of time, trying to cover ourselves, make ourselves look a certain way before God. When God already knew who we were, I made you. I know who you are. He can see through all of it. <laughs> I agree. He can still see through all of it. So I- enhance our lives naturally and then spiritually, and then we can be better individuals for each other and the world. I agree. I love that. And then go out and replicate that in other people in the communities that you're in. Because this is a, it's a lot of churches here in Detroit. And it's a lot more churches, churches than liquor stores. Yes, a lot. A, more churches than liquor stores. Right. Boom. We just found a name for this particular podcast. <laughs> more churches than liquor stores. Boom. So, yeah, this, this, is, this conversation can go on and on. I, I actually had a really great conversation about Bible with one of my good friends. Um, at work and he's Jehovah's Witness he and I were because my conversation started as I wanted to because I always like to play devil's advocate I wanted to debate him as a Christian because I mean we're, we're both Christian but as a Pentecostal Christian and him being a Jehovah's Witness and then I debated him as a person who I pulled myself out of religion altogether and then I debated him from that perspective so I'd love to have Rico on the show at some point um, his sister Charles on talking about love and relationships a few episodes ago so I'd really like to bring him on if he would be willing to come. So, Ricardo, I'm going to come looking for you to come on and uh, have this dialogue and discourse with us for a part three about religion. Um, There's a lot more to say about this, but we're going to cut it here because we don't want to have you sitting here listening to this particular episode for two, three, four, five, six hours. Um, And that's that's for later. That's for later. Talking to Maria right now, she, she, you know, she's, you know, she be in her own world, her own space. She be like in on <laughs> Venus or something. I don't know where she be. I be here with y'all. Stop it. She just be somewhere else completely. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you have comments, you know, you might completely disagree with me. You might disagree with Jason. And or I Maria hope Renee. you would. I yeah. hope you would. Disagree. Or you might agree. But please, we want to see your emails. Hit us up, would you? Please, thank you. Eat cornbread and caviar at gmail.com or you can insta, uh, Instagram us at eat cornbread and caviar. I think eat what it. we need to do is get um, some pastors on. I would love to. That could be a part four. I'm I want to just continue to expand this conversation. This. It is so many, so many layers to and it. Yeah. To I want to debate a pastor. I want to debate a pastor. And then Ooh. I want to bring and then I want to bring on uh, a homosexual pastor. Oh wow! I have, but that's the and uh, you know honestly that's what I think. It's about having the conversations. People are not having the conversation. They're not no. just like for instance, like reparations. You know, they're, the talks oh. are about reparations. Yeah, that H- HR for HR forty is a bill to study if uh, study do a study about reparations. But we can't have the conversation if there's no data behind it, no statistics that's behind right. it. That's right. And it's the same thing with the church when it comes to this situation. Um, we need to have the data in order to have the conversation because what you're saying is, and what I'm saying, we could be meaning two different things. So we need to have that data to, to have a basis for mm-hmm. our conversation. Agreed. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Will we get reparations? Who knows? <laughs> That's, that we know. I, we need to write a whole show about reparations because I remember a few episodes, I was lit about that. I was mad because I think reparations need to happen. I deserve to have my economic strength increased, and I deserve to have an even playing field. But that's a whole another podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go into our positive vibe real quick, and um, well, not real quick. We're not rushing along, but let's get into our positive vibe. So here's the positive vibe for today. Wow! Wow! <laughs> I wondered what I'd do when I saw you again. If I would cuss you out or stump you in the street, whoop that ass. And amazingly, all I want to do is pray for you. Mm. But don't tempt me. Stay away from the wine bottles, okay? Okay. Have a good evening. (laughs) 
That was my girl, Jill Scott, who is coming to concert here soon. In Why Did I Get Married? Let's talk about stimulus and response, okay? Because the stimulus was her man got stolen by her best friend. The response should have been whooping your ass, but... Since we're talking about it religion, it was not her best friend. Well, it was Period. not, and it nope, wasn't her man either. Obviously, okay. uh, we talked about how she. She it was, since we're talking about religion, she just wanted to pray for her. So you can't always control the situation, the things that people do to you in life. But Whew. okay, people may drag your name through the mud, speak badly about you, treat you poorly, steal your man, you know, <laughs> fire you for no good reason. Whatever it is, is nothing you can do about what other people do. But like my grandfather, the late Bishop H.M. Harris, always told me, you are responsible for your reaction. That's right. What you can control, however, is your response to the matter at hand, your response to the stimulus. Be like Sheila and Tyler Perry's Why Did I Get Married? She had every right to stomp Trina's ass into that fucking sink, but she did not. She said, I would rather pray for you. That left Sheila feeling like shit, and, you know, it, it, just, it just is a better response to the stimulus. Um, there was a person that I know of where we did some nonprofit work together, and uh, he and I were texting about something, and he came at me all crooked and sideways. Maybe crooked he misinterpreted something I sideways. said. He came crooked and sideways. And he was being real shitty to me. Mm. My response to his stimulus was no response at all. Okay. Is this above a, me now? I pulled a Jesus and paid him. That's growth. Um, okay. The, for the, me. the Ramon, I know. Yeah, huh? <laughs> right? Isn't it growth? That's growth. I'm telling you, it's <laughs> definitely growth. Um, I couldn't control what he said to me, but like my grandfather said, I had to learn, especially in this last couple of years, all the things that have happened to me, I had, I had to take myself to a different level. I did not respond, but what did he do? Because you're going to a different level. I'm going to a different level. Uh, I'm already there. Uh, I'm going beyond it. Huh? That's right. Huh? huh? <laughs> I'm preaching better than you responded. <laughs> I'm going to use that. I'm preaching better than you responded. Huh? Where you get that from? <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to say the pastor's name. Oh, Lord. I don't want to give any shout-outs <laughs> to chaos and calamity. Oh, God. Uh, but, you know, what he ended up doing, he saw me out in the bar. He sent me a drink by the, from the bartender, and I got it, and he raised the glass to me, and he's like, you know, the bartender told me, he said he wanted to apologize to you. And I said, I nodded him, and I thanked him, and I moved on, continued to pay him. Because I have limits now. I do have limits. You know, once you cross me, I'm going to be arm's length with you, but I will forgive because God literally forgives me every day. So um, that is the, 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 the positive vibe. Just be able to control your stimulus to, I mean, your response to any stimuli that are out there that might be negative. You don't have to respond negatively, negatively. to negativity. That's right. So, closing comments. Jason, I know you weren't mic'd up. I mean, not Jason. I'm sorry. I just called this man Jason. You were not mic'd up, but did you enjoy it? Was it what, what, what did you think? What is your closing comment? Yeah, yeah. Oh, because he was over there nodding like, yo. I, told, I wanted to mic him True. up. Now, y'all probably cannot hear him. But he said he was delighted. It was a lot of great points made. I wanted to mic him up, but he declined. So, fine. Maybe he'll come back next. I asked him if he'd come back and see us, but he said he'd think about it. So, hopefully we can get him back. You know, he, he, ain't, he ain't feeling us that much yet. But maybe after the whole, sitting here through the whole episode and knowing that we can talk about anything, maybe he'll come back. Because I, I love having people in the community in on the show and, you know, our brown people in our brown community. I love having y'all on. So, I hope you'll come back one day. Thank you for coming today. Of course. Yeah, you were biked up, but you should have been. <laughs> J-Flow. Yes. Um, I just, my closing remarks, I guess, would be for, it's time for us to have the conversation in the black church. Please. About what we're doing with the institution of the black church. It's been, it's, like I said, it's the institution of the black church has helped us along the way yes. through civil rights and yes. even prior to that through slavery, civil rights, yes. and even to today. Um, and I think it's important, but we need to have the the conversation, yep. the data, not only the conversation, but the data first in order to have the conversation. How is the church helping us? How has the church helped us in the past? That data and what, how is it going to lead us into the future? And I think that's the conversation we need to have. And yeah, that's what, 
I plan to hopefully do. I'll help you. Let's have a start a committee and go and get a, a black pastors conference going, and they can all rake us over the coals. But we were we are strong, and we can stand up to these empowered men, absolutely, and women. Um, Maria Renee. Uh, you know. She's about to give us some deep. It can't just be <laughs> I'm coming so from the gutter, today. from the soul. Right from the soul. But I love it. It's a soul talk. It is. That could be a really nice I segment just... for the show, a soul talk. And a read out loud. And a read out loud. That That's a community event for youth, though. So. That is. Because if we don't I, use that, I'm going to steal do, that. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead I do kind of wish market. our youth did have some type of spirituality. Because... Um, I noticed that with all these killings right. and all of that, right. a lot of people are hurting, yeah. and they do not understand death. Why can't they? Why does it have to be spirituality? Why do they have to participate in church to be good people? Like Amaya's not going to church, but she's good. They just need guidance. I don't think it's spirituality. That's spirituality. Guidance and spirituality. Yes. <laughs> to me, spirituality is involvement in some kind of pious religious no organization. No. Okay. That's not spirituality. Spirituality is being in tune to your spirit. In nothing that yeah. is greater than them right. at all. Your spirit being that, that's true. Our youth are so beautiful. how are how are you supposed to explain life and death to them if they don't even understand that it is a, a greater being than themselves? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is true. This is very I'm just true. Saying. Okay, no, that's fine. I mean, I'm, just, I'm always playing devil's advocate. I'm just saying. I am not the devil, but I'm always playing his advocate. This is a good episode. I did enjoy this. Now, this is yeah. what, and I love the episode with Toya too. I loved it. We, that's why we got to keep yes. bringing this back. It's always going to be layers to this. Layers, like an onion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. My grandma used to eat an onion like an apple. Ooh, and she lived to be mm, seven days shy of 90 years old. Wow. My, wow, that, my grandma died in 89 too. Yeah. Mm. Grandma died in 89 back in 2011. I still miss her to this day. No. Oh. Yes. Almost 10 years ago. Wow. That's crazy. Time flies. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, again, well, thank you, J. Flo, for being here. Thank you for having yes. me. Thank you, everybody. I think, so, Maria Renee. Come back. <laughs> now, you better use that radar loud because I'm telling you, if you don't use it within the next six months, I'm using it. She's not going to use it. Do <laughs> okay, you know how you. long me and her are supposed to be? We're supposed to have a YouTube channel together. We, were told, we talked title. about it for years. <laughs> But I'm also trying to get my company off the ground for years, I'm too. Glad so. he, he, I'm glad so, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to talk about your mess, <laughs> but I'm going to talk about mine, too. Put that in there. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, that's something we should do. That would be awesome. But we can, like, even partner up with, uh, what's, that, what's that we did a highlight, um, Book Buddy, my book buddy that Kanita told us about. We can partner with them, too. Mm-hmm. So that would be great. Read, out, read aloud. That's great. And we can all work on it together. I well, like I, projects. I for sure our youth. Yeah, for all you. And some they adults need, need some help, too. That's yeah. okay. That's okay. It's okay. I don't be liking going to these funups and they be reading these obituaries. And, and they, they can't do read. it. They be like, funups. Thou, that says the, sweetie. That says the. Yep. Enunciate. Enunciate, mm-hmm. enunciate honey. See? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, listen. I want to thank everybody for listening today. I enjoyed this conversation we had today with Jay Flo and Maria Renee. And our, our yes, background guest, Rob, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> listen, please, please, please subscribe, rate, comment and share. It literally costs you nothing but a few seconds of time. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play and Spotify. We're out here. So help us out by sharing us out. Um, if you want to connect with us again, eat cornbread and caviar at gmail.com or follow us. And you can DM us on Instagram at eat cornbread and caviar. This is your host, Ramon, and we are out. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network.